0: As-salamu and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Wheel Show where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode I zoom in someone who's dope and we just sit back oh man I screwed that up and we just sit back and sit here and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now if this is your first time checking out the podcast this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Dr. Tara Blackshear. Y'all, this is going to be good. We had a conversation before we we're recording. So now I know this is going to be real, real good, people. I wanted to have her on the show uh, to talk about the work that she's doing as a consultant, the whole business mindset. And, you know, how do you get those? Uh, gigs, you know, the consulting thing for those of you who have never started, the first gig is always very exciting if you've done it right, because the check <laughs> gets you really excited, but it's just one check, you know. So, how do you get multiple gigs? How do you turn it into a series of opportunities and not just that one check? So, we're going to get into a lot of things in this episode. So, for those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify, oh, and Audible. Will you please introduce yourself, Dr. Tara?
1: Hi, folks. How's everyone? I know you can't respond, but I'm happy to be here. Dr. Will, thank you for having me on your show. Hopefully, I can um, provide some nuggets for those in education who are seeking opportunities for consulting, and I'm ready to get started.
0: Awesome. So I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you would be doing when you were growing up? And how did you find yourself in education?
1: Prior to age 16, I thought I wanted to be an OBGYN. I had an opportunity to, it wasn't a candy striper, but it was similar to a candy striper where I volunteered at the hospital and I did a battery of tasks. And I realized at that time I did not have the stomach to do a variety of um, medical steps that becoming a medical doctor requires. And I was fascinated with the thought because one of my friend's mothers was an um, OBGYN, black woman, um, underrepresented. If I could talk to my 16 year old self now, I probably would have said stay the course because there is a shortage of black women medical doctors and in particular, in gynecology and obstetrics. Um, How did I find myself in education? Fast forward, I'm an undergrad. Um, You know, I met at that time my, my husband and I knew I wanted kids and wanted to be a career woman and education just seemed the most viable option where I could still get home at a decent time. I would share the same holidays and breaks as my children. And so in addition to my love of health and physical activity, that's kind of what drew me to um, becoming a health and physical education teacher. Mm.
0: Now, this podcast, hopefully y'all know by now, if you're listening to it, it focuses on the roadmap of educators becoming a profitable entrepreneur. When you hear the word entrepreneur, what comes to mind and what actually drove you to get into the game?
1: When I hear edupreneur, I think of educators um, capitalizing on their expertise. And so often educators give their work away for free. And there is, um, from my experiences, there is a sense of um, service that is accompanied with teaching and many educators believe that if they're doing the greater good for children, then they shouldn't charge. And so basically an educator using their expertise um, to provide services that does help others, but also um, recognizes that you have something valuable um, of monetary value to share with others. There was a second part of that question I think I missed.
0: Uh, What drove you to get into the game?
1: Well, I know my worth. I know what I bring to the table and my time is valuable. And so if you're asking me to, you know, use a a significant amount of time to do something, um, my time should be paid. It should be paid. So um, Black people in America come from a history of free labor And um, black women are underpaid compared to white men, white women and other groups. And the free labor stops, um, you know, the the free labor stops. (laughs) Can't continue to to draw from an an empty well, so to speak.
0: I hear you. And, And that's one of the things that, you know, in talking about, Becoming an educational consultant, a writer, uh, podcaster, creator, all those things that are, are sort of wrapped up into entrepreneurship. And When I talk about financial literacy and entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship, education in K through 12. You know, a lot of people I've gotten pushback from certain people and it's now starting to be one of those things that more and more people are. Uh, supporting and are like, I right, Will, I hear you, I hate you. But in the beginning, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, what? Like, why are you talking about this? Why should educators be charging? Because for so many of them, they were like, you shouldn't charge a teacher for a lesson plan. You shouldn't do this because that should be given away for free. And I'm like, why? Because I spent time making this or some other the educators spent time making this or you're using your uh, intellectual, you know, capital on something. Why should you not be rewarded for it? Because you're not going to, you know, go <coughs> and go to the doctor and say, uh, by the way, I want this visit to be for free, Uh, you can ask, but you're not going to get it uh, unless it's a certain type of clinic. But, you know, they're going to charge for their services. And the fact that you would ask another educator or expect other educators to do so, I find that to be, you know, hilarious because, again, I never started out with the intention of doing this. This literally happened by happenstance, because I happened to just be at a conference, and an assistant superintendent was like, "Yo, do you do this?" And I was like, "What, away from work?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then he showed up to one of my sessions, and I was like, "Yo, is this a job interview or something?" And he was like, "Kinda." And after my session, he said, "We'll be in touch." And that was from there. That was my first paying gig, and and. I got paid like $2,300 for eight hours, my first time out. And I was like, (laughs) I'm looking at this check and I'm like, hmm, I was, I was like, did I just get paid $2,300 for eight hours of work? Plus he took me out to one of the nicest restaurants in the city. And I did the work that I normally do. I said, "Hey, <laughs> count me into this game. I'm I'm here all day. Uh, so it, it. I love how you said the free stops because we should not be in the business of giving away for free.
1: Agreed. And you see so many educators taking on second jobs um, just to make ends meet, and they can work smarter." Um, By capitalizing on their knowledge and expertise as educators. And so I think I think it's a reframing of what an educator looks like beyond the traditional um, school building.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. So once you decided this was something that you were going to do, you had to look at your experiences. You had to look at your knowledge base, the work that you were doing to determine uh, your niche, your lane, what you were going uh, to be doing to expand uh, your classroom to that larger audience. Uh, What services does your company offer? Who is your target market Uh, and what do you hope the impact that you're going to make?
1: Well, I offer consulting in the capacities of working with organizations and institutions that provide health, physical activity, and or education um, services. I I initially was focusing on health disparities, um, in particular with Black girls and women. I have transitioned more of it into an equity scholar across the board in health, physical activity, and education. Um, I've lived on three continents. Um, I've been all over the world. And by far, um, Black and, and people of color are just disproportionately um, impacted in, in schools and educational arenas. And so I am not well represented in the in the field of Kinesiology, health, physical education, physical activity. And many agencies, organizations, and institutions are providing services to Black and Brown youth um, or Black and Brown people. Um, and they can't they can't even identify with um, these folks from a racial, cultural, ethnic, um, geographical, often, um, and a host of other um, demographics. And so what I bring and what I offer is a perspective of a K-12 health and physical educator in the United States, um, a K-12 educator internationally in Egypt and Thailand, including um, IB sport exercise and health science. And so my diverse experiences, who I am as a black woman um, teaching in predominantly um, black schools, predominantly white schools and very diverse um, school settings. I have... Um, extensive understanding of health physical activity and education opportunities and equities and issues that we are overlooking or we don't want to see and so one of my goals is or one of my services to help agencies see um, the structural impact that their standards their policies their curriculum have And so a lot of what I do is I am a content reviewer from for several health and physical activity agencies. And I look through materials through an equity lens, not just racial equity, um, LGBTQ plus equity, equity across the board. Equity for all is one of my mantras. And I also serve as an expert witness for um law firms who represent school districts in the state of maryland and i only um i'm only always on the school system side a lot of it has to do with um personal beliefs and we all work for the same agency at the state level so um and that's been pretty fruitful 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 in the past couple of years the impact equity equity for all groups is the impact that I hope to make, that's been one of my goals in the classroom. Um, Right now I'm teaching future teacher educators and just to get them to have a more holistic view in what the services we're providing to students in K-12. And so hopefully to make an impact where we can start to see equitable um, environments and where Black scholars no longer feel the need or urgency to continue Um, writing about race. And so with a lot of the hysteria around critical race theory in schools and what have you, um, when we have equity is when we can start writing about other things. And so if we want, if these groups who are um, um, ignorantly challenging critical race theory, um, if we can create equity for all, then there will be no need.
0: Mm. I don't want to argue with people. Uh, That's why I just tell black folks, it's time for us to remove ourselves from that system. So we go to HBCUs, we build black schools and and you can do what you want to do over there. And I don't have to be bothered with you uh, at all. Uh, I just believe that we must control in order for us to have liberation, we need to control how we are educated, where we are educated, how we receive housing and economic opportunity. Because once you are working under someone else's rules and have to play their games, that's a whole situation altogether. And that, And I wanna throw this out there to you in thinking about this and something that you mentioned earlier I know my experiences as a black man, having someone tell you that you're arrogant, who don't look like you and thinking, am I supposed to not feel good about my accomplishments? Am I not supposed to feel like I can't work with uh, black students and students of color, like, uh, I, well, like what, what's this going on? And again, I tend to be on the other end of empowerment when certain things kind of pop up. I'm not into marches, I'm into dollars uh, and, and to creating our own institutions. As a black woman who has worked in K through 12, works in higher ed, you've had all these experiences in these different continents and you do this consulting work. What is it like for you to show up as a black woman, have the receipts that you have and sometimes experience people who still doubt, the work that you have, or don't see the validity in the work that you're doing, because their lens is a lens that, I don't wanna say mainstream, because you know they are the minority of the world, but their lens does not encompass us.
1: Well, I have been incredibly fortunate from the consulting standpoint where I have not experienced, or I haven't experienced um, racism, microaggressions, um, feelings of being marginalized. I have been very fortunate. These people have sought me out um, because of my, my, my track record. Um, for example, I'm finishing up a, pro, uh, a, a content review and I asked how did they find, they actually told me who um, referred them. It was another agency that I com- did work for. And so my expertise in the, on the, in the consulting and expert witness arena have been strong, um, incredibly strong, such that this project that I'm finishing up, the organization that recommended me, we had an, an, an agreed amount, they came with a nice offer. I felt that it was appropriate. And then they gave me an additional $500 because they said I did more than what they were actually expecting. Um, and so I do, I do good work. I'm, I'm reasonable in my, in my rates. And the next, um, the, the, the project that I'm finalizing now Um, based, it was just word of mouth based on my, and I'm in the similar organizational um, structures and groups with the first um, agency. And I've done a couple of things for them. And so now they just, you know, if it's anything dealing with equity, um, racial equity, inequities, health disparities, um, they're going to send those folks my way. Um, I also think that they appreciate how candid I am. Um, I'm very candid. I'm frank, I'm direct. And because if we want to see equity, you have to be fearless. You cannot hold your tongue or be concerned of who this might offend. I mean, you're professional, but you want, you know, you're still educating others in the consulting capacity. And so that's another impact that I hope to make.
0: That's all right. I'm glad hey. I'm glad it's been all good. It's all good. Yeah, the, you know the consulting has been has been awesome. Uh I have not had any ex- the same experiences in the consulting realm or other opportunities outside of work that I've experienced at work. Not in my current school district, but you know in the past. You know, working at working at a university, uh, you know, again having a supervisor, we you know we do a training on uh, how do you it's like how do you work with students of color. Type of training, and then then the guy was like, okay, do you have any concerns? Do you have any questions? Do you you know whatever? And I said I'm good, and he was like, you're good, and I was like. Yeah, I'm good. Like, you, you know, I'm just trying to say, like, do you, do you see what you' looking at? Like, I'm not, you know, I understand that we, everyone doesn't have the same home upbringing, and everyone doesn't have the same experiences. But I don't walk into another, I don't walk into a room of black people and feel alienated. I don't walk into a group with. Uh, kids of color and feel like an outsider so I'm like look I'm good I'm comfortable you know Um, I mean the job hadn't started so I hadn't come up against anything to make me feel concerned but just going into the environment you know I was like I'm good I'm good and that's when that comment came up you know you look arrogant and I'm like okay uh and I was like "What what that's supposed to supposed to mean but it's just very interesting that uh, because it was the first sort of time in my experience, my it was my first professional job and first experience that I ever had anyone sort of like say that to me in a way that and then you go like, oh, you know, especially when, you know, that person don't look like you and you go like, oh, okay, what's what's that all about? <laughs> uh, it just didn't sit, it didn't sit right with, with me at all, but um, so it's awesome to see that these experiences, which is interesting because there is the life we have within our institutions. And then of course, the stuff that we do outside. So you have these experiences in K through 12, and this is really interesting. And I want to get your take on it because a lot of what happens in K through 12 uh, is we, and I say we, cause I'm a part of the system, we like to point out deficits of students, right? Even in teachers, you know, we like to come in and say, You're not doing this well. Students, they're not scoring, they're not meeting this score. Instead of going in and understand, okay, these kids have these strengths. How can we leverage those strengths? How can we tap into those strengths? How can we build those strengths? As well as certain teachers. Like certain teachers can be labeled as not a good teacher, but you may not be putting them in the best situation for them to be the best that they can be. Not that they're just terrible, but you have them teaching this curriculum. You have them teaching this grade. You have them teaching this way. Things that just don't gel well with who they are. Given your experiences in that same system, when did you start to fully believe in yourself or... Or, when, or how long did it take you once you started to figure out, like, this is who I am and I got this?
1: From an educator standpoint or in the K-12 experiences?
0: Well, in, in general, right? Because, like, my wife told me. She, she teaches, teaches gifted and, it, and she told me it took her several years before she had that thing of, I got this, right? Like I'm cold with it. You know, you can't, can't tell me nothing. And, and again, come, when you're working in this system where of course, like any field, you got to get in, you got to find your feet, you got to learn everything, but then you're doing this under the backdrop. Of people and all schools are not the same. But when you have those schools that are coming in and they don't come in and say, you know, what look, you are a great communicator, XYZ. You create these great learning activities, XYZ. Let's build from that. Or you know, you are great with technology, let's build from that. But instead of doing that, they go, okay, your test scores suck on here, here, and here. Or You don't deliver this this way. We want you to to deliver this way. And some people don't sort of figure out who they are, right? They don't figure out how good they are. They don't figure their, their groove, what makes them special. They don't have that epiphany of, yo, I got this because everything around them is not telling them they got it. And, you know, again, I had to figure stuff out on my own, you know, with with my own situation in my job when and this is just sort of for those people who are getting out here because some people are going to think. Right. They want to be a consultant or what have you. And it's the same sort of experience of under you get into that feeling of I got this right, because in order for you to be successful, you got to know. I got this, where when you walk into the room, there is no self-doubt, because you know what you do well, you know you got this. I'm hoping I'm making sense to you as I'm explaining yeah, this. Yeah, uh,
1: it makes sense. So yeah. I think I think when I felt like like an expert in my classroom in the gymnasium um, was my fifth year, but I knew I was good with working with Black youth, and particular Black girls who appear to be turned off by physical activity. Um, I, I, I can work with any, any class of black girls, um, any girls across racial groups, but my first, let me see my first, of my first 10 years, I taught 10 years in the United States and seven years overseas, out of those 10 years, nine were in predominantly black schools and from Georgia to Kentucky to North Carolina. And I'm just very, I I know what I'm doing. Um, And obviously representation, I can talk to black girls um, better or um, differently than, than other groups and other genders. So, um, I know that that is who um, who I'm passionate, you know, passionate about working with, um, changing the narrative, um, understanding that a lot of the behaviors that you see, health and physical activity behaviors that you see from Black youth, in particular Black girls, a lot of it's resistance um, and it's passive resistance, and a lot of people don't they don't connect the dots on. You know, how, how are you able to get them to buy into your lesson, right? One, I care. Um, two, I'm holding them accountable and I look like them. So I knew early on that Black girls, Black women were the groups um, I wanted to address. Obviously, I'm a Black woman myself, but I've had some incredible stories across racial, ethnic, cultural Um, lines, gender as well. So year five is when I felt like I I was married at the time. And I remember I came home and I said, I'm either, I said, the job is getting easier or I'm getting better at it. And both were true. I was, it was easier because I was getting better at it. And so I would say year five was a defining moment where I knew um I knew my craft I knew I was good um in particular high schoolers high school was my you know the the stage where a lot of people give up um and so
0: yeah I hear hey that's like teaching grown folks (laughs) (laughs) Your kids got their own mind and their own business at that age.
1: Yeah, looking your age and older, especially how young I was at the time. Um, Yeah. So I want to get
0: into the reality of putting oneself out there when you are when you first say, "Hey, I'm 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 a consultant and booking gigs and really." Building that name for yourself so that work does come uh, consistently. What was or has been your roadmap for you know getting paid clients, right? Because you know the truth is, you know one is good. Like I said, particularly if if if, you know if if it's a big enough one, you know that could last you a good little bit. If depending on your 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 financial goals for the year. But the but the the trick is always to have consistent consistency in what's coming in. So how have you created a, a plan for yourself? Uh, or or what, what has been your roadmap for you to actually get those consistent gigs?
1: Um thanks for asking. Um, I was getting some small like workshop things. And I remember I came home to my partner and I told him, I said, I need to update my website. I had a website that was created. I don't know how many years ago, but it was more for securing a job. It was more of my CV online and it was a little dated. And I said, I need to revamp and upgrade my, my website. And I had a couple co- co- couple colleague friends who um, not at my institution, but other institutions doing some consulting and I, their websites were, you know, laid out. And I said, you know, I really need to update it. And he was like, websites are, are no one's using a website. I said, yes, they are. They are using websites. So I literally, I updated my website and I got a phone call the next day um, for an expert witness job. And I asked, I said, well, how did you find me? And they said, oh, I did a Google search and your website came up. And I told him, I said, see, my website drew traffic my way. And um, I've had three um, cases um, with this particular law firm with various school districts in the state. And then I got a referral from someone else that was on the plaintiff's side, which I don't do. So I have a a colleague, friend in Washington, DC. And I said, do you want this opportunity? And so she is just delighted. She's in education. She was unaware of the opportunities and she's just said, thank you, thank you. And I've I've shared resources with her, invoices, um, verbiage to respond, how to respond. And so, um, yeah, so if I can help others, that's that's equally um, rewarding. Yeah. So website is one way. And then again, the word of mouth doing good work. Um, and it's just who I am. And so I do the equity content review content development. Um, you know, I've been asked to write curriculum and I can't just do the, like, if I see other things that need attention, I'm going to address it. And that's when that agency said, you did more than an equity review because you know, it's, it's the teacher in me, right? I'm teaching health and physical education, but if students are um, writing poorly, I'm going to correct that. If they're using poor grammar, I'm going to correct that. So um, I look at it in a more holistic framework, not just equity. And um, so I think that's just served serve me well. And really, I think the doing good work, um, speaks volumes.
0: Mm. Now I am personally at a point to where I am rethinking what I am doing as a consultant, as well as my full, as as well as my full time, right. I've been where I am for nine years and I'm I enjoy the work. I enjoy the people that I work with. But at a certain point in time, you know, you start to think about what more can I do? When do you listen to your heart and when do you listen to your head?
1: I listen to both depending on the circumstance. And so my gut has never let me wrong when I go against that something and I've just learned, trust your gut, but whichever one is speaking the loudest is where I lean towards. But um, usually one impacts the other. They're not really in um, isolated or individual. Um, They're, for me, they're closely connected and I've never been afraid Fortunately, my parents, I think they just raised me that way. And my dad was an entrepreneur, recently closed his his firm, but he had his own law firm um, many years ago. I mean, he closed it not that long ago, but started it many years ago. His firm bought a building, I mean, pretty progressive for a, a Black law firm. And he always raised us to work for yourselves and he didn't want to report to anybody telling him what to do how to do it and so forth and so I mean depending on what you do I do think it's a little bit more challenging for um, an educator to just to have an educational firm um, because just the the nature of our clients right our students um, people who aren't directly paying you they're paying you know the community with via taxes are, are paying. Um, but my brother, he's, he's an entrepreneur. He's got, you know, things. And so I think that's probably where I got my first, um, understanding of entrepreneurship. And, um, but I would say I listen to both, but whichever one, um, is speaking the loudest. Hmm. So where have you found a
0: community uh, mentoring fellowship with other entrepreneurs and how has that network helped you grow your
1: business? Um, I think people just, you know, Tara's doing this. You need to reach out to her. Um, I've probably been more of the one doing the mentoring. If you looked on the tweet, um, Kanidra mm-hmm. Tucker. She was like, what we've been talking about because Kanidra is a rock star. She and LaDonda Porter. And they give a lot of content away for free. They do a lot of free consulting. And I said, you ladies need to, you know, your time is valuable. Your expertise is valuable. And so you need to charge people, Like, right? And sometimes it's just an ask. So when I get an email or someone, I just say, what is your budget? Do you have funding? And then that that helps drive the conversation. And true story, I went back and forth um, with an agency. They were very nice on the, on the initial. And I just said, well, this was my rate. And they, they sounded, you know, you can't really tell tone in an email, but they sounded frustrated that I would not meet to have a phone call with a group of people giving my and i said like no these this is my rate i would discount it for this group and then that was it and then they circled back and they found some funding and offered me um an opportunity and so because i have other things to do i have you know my my real job i write I conduct research and, you know, I have other people who have money to pay for my services. So it's not, you know, it's my time. So it doesn't, you know, I'm professional. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna be able to do this. If I have someone that I can refer them to, but yeah, I'm just not not willing. And being in so many educational um, institutions, I've seen a lot of consultants come through and they get paid an astronomical fee and and many or most of the teachers have not benefited. And internationally, a lot of it's a network of, who do you know? It's more of a, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, but sometimes the content is not very meaningful. Um, And so, Yeah. And so school districts, um, national organizations, if they really want and value your services and contributions, they will find money to pay you.
0: Mm. Where did that self-worth come from? Right. Because there are people who will jump at the first offer. Right or will lowball themselves because they don't see the true value and say, "Hey, this is here," and you know, like you said, "Hey, you'll do a discount for you did a discount." If I know a certain group and they come to me and they and they need a discount, right? And I, and I know and I know about them. I would do it, but to a certain extent, right? To a certain extent. But I'm not coming to the table with a discounted mind, right? It's not going, that's not how we do this. How do you, where did that self-worth come from? Particularly, I'm going to throw this out there. Having friends who do consultant, who look like us and who don't look like us, and the ones who are making the top dollar on average, don't look like us. I mean, uh, only don't look like us. Now there are some of us who are making that top dollar, but it ain't, you know, it ain't many of us compared to a longer line of them who are making that top dollar consulting, consulting money. Where did that self-worth come from for you to be able to say, this is my rate. This is my starting point. If we want to continue this conversation it is what it is and be willing to walk away versus just saying, look, I'm I'm whatever check, whatever offer they give me, I'm jumping at.
1: Well, I did do my research in particular um, with the consulting and with the expert witness. And it just kind of depends on, you know, are you being deposed? Are you going to have to get on the stand? Are you just reviewing materials and giving your your um your expertise. And for that, I charge a fair amount, but I will tell you that um, the response from the attorney was like, you know, it was on the phone. It was sounded like, well, that's a drop in the bucket. Right. I'm like, maybe I should start charging more. Um, and so, and so, but I think that's a lot of when you're getting started, I think people and I think that's okay as long as it's it's worthwhile. Meaning you're not, you know, you're not doing um, ten hours of work and charging three hours. You know what I mean? So um, the the rate sometimes is based on demand, right? How how quickly do you want it? Who else is asking me to do work for them? Um, you know what project has the most value? And I mean, from a, um, if it's a large agency, is it it going to reach more people or is this more of a a smaller, you know, individual segment? So did my homework, reached out to consultants of a variety of consultants, not just educational. Um, And then calculating the time um, I have a formula now. So I've done quite a few workshops for pay and I have a formula. And if it's an hour workshop, how much time am I, do I need to prepare? Um, I've had an agency recently and they just said I was referred from one agency to another. She, she said, you could just do what you did for that group. Right. And I said, well, I do like to tailor it to the audience, the still a health and educator audience, but to the specific state and repackaged, I threw out a number and they threw out a number back that was higher. They were like, oh, this is just our flat rate. Right. And so, you know, that's been rewarding where people have paid me more and they didn't have to. Right. And that's why I say I've been, I've been treated well on that scene, but um no, it's been rewarding. I really enjoy doing the um, equity content review, content development start costs a lot more. Um, I've actually been back and forth with an agency that I've conducted a paid for workshop for them um last year. And we keep going back and forth, and I don't think they want to pay me. And they could just say that, but this was basically my number. And they're working with a larger organization that I'm affiliated with. And they basically said, well, what do you offer that they don't, which I found insulting. So I think that was the only insulting, I guess, experience I've had. And it took six months for six weeks for them to respond. And so I've just been sitting with that for a moment, because if you have to ask me what I offer um, compared to, then I don't think you have a good understanding of what I do. So I will draft that email response um, and be explicit on how we differ um, and why my services will be needed um, if you want to have equity.
0: <laughs> I, like hear I hear
1: you.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I don't, that's the one thing that I don't like, equity isn't my lane and I remember having someone from a conference reach out to me and say we would like for you to host a panel on equity for this conference. And you know I just told her, you know, equity is, you know, you know it's not what I talk about. it's It's not my expertise. Like if I ever talk about equity, it's about equity in the check. (laughs) uh like i don't don't shortchange my money but uh yeah because i'm in that technology integration you, you know lane online learning i mean blended learning so that's what i what i do i don't have that that other other lens i think other people need to be other people are more qualified they have they've done the work they've they've had the receipts they've done the research um Plus, I'm not very tact- I'm a very tactful individual, uh, so I don't think anybody should ever bring me in <laughs> to talk about stuff like that, because I don't, okay, I'm digressing right now. Uh, but so we get to this last question, Doc, and it's been awesome having you uh, on the show. Uh, before we go, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever heard, or have ever received from another entrepreneur And what is your advice to that educator who is interested in monetizing their talents?
1: Well, sadly, I don't think I've received any advice from another entrepreneur. And yeah, I can't think of any other than you and your um, your, your tweets, some of your messaging. Um, yeah, I really have. And I think the best advice is probably, or the best model is probably has been my father. And actually more recently, my mom who picked up, um, painting, she has her her art business is has really flourished in the past few years. She published a book not that long ago, Priscilla Pfeiffer. Yes, I'm giving her a shout for her artwork. Google her. Um, and so she has really um, elevated her artwork and the positioning where she's in galleries and she's got collectors all over the world. So I think my parents have probably been most instrumental. And she did, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, she owned um, a business many years ago. I was in high school, middle or high school, called Rare Finds. So I I guess the entrepreneurial spirit has always been um, in my family from both parents. Um, Advice to teachers. I think teachers need to learn how to say no. Um, most of the educators, and I talked to many, while uh, entrepreneurs are, aren't, um, aren't vast in number, but teachers are overextended just from the nature of the job, but many of them just feel compelled to do, to do more, and many of them have not mastered or learned the art of saying no, and so I think that needs to be you know it's really boundaries right and if you're providing information services time beyond your normal workload your work day then you may want to consider um, selling those services and just telling that person um, you talked about the confidence to just ask when well, you just ask and Either they have it or they don't. They can pay it or they don't. And my mindset is, I'm not making the money anyway. So if they say no, that frees me, frees my time for to do other things, um, even if they're personal, not just work things. But um, and time is money, and time is health, time is wealth. So I think if they are tracking the time that they are offering services for free. Um, If that's more than one hour a week, I would definitely um, come back and say, you know, I can do that. My rate is, (laughs) my rate is, that's it. That's how you ask. Or do you have funding? This, This takes quite a bit of time. Um, and then, you know, if they don't want to, they can ask the next teacher to do it for free. And they'll probably find, find it. But I think teachers need to start saying no um, and saying yes to themselves.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Now, I tell the educators all the time, do not give it away for free. That's why you do not see me on Twitter <laughs> with you know, representing all them tech companies. I like a lot of us do because I'm not getting a check from those people and I don't get certified in in, um, specific tech stuff. My certification is like uh, coming big stuff because I want to make that type of money. You know what I'm saying? i'm I'm gonna get myself in trouble but uh you know i I just don't believe that none of us as you have said need to really be attaching ourselves to things that are not going to give us that you know i'm saying that that payback and i want to say shout out to your pops for buying the building because too many people rent and that's what got ghost in trouble because the brother yep. had their popular club, but didn't own the building.
1: Yeah, it, ha- it's, it's, it, it happens and happens um, to a lot of people. That is, owning the building is, is where it is, right? It's, yeah, because you have to, yeah.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Own- Ownership is where it at. D- Dr. Tara, woo! thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. You're doing. You're welcome. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be on Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe and share with your network. And though I am on all major podcast platforms, I'm trying to grow on Apple Podcasts. So I need you to listen, to subscribe. The stars are great, but a brother needs a review because he's trying to get Oprah on the show because I want her to know that we're doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Tara Blackshear. Ooh, I love that Blackshear for coming on and dropping so many gems. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will show, The Mobile University for Entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you, EDU, peace.